0: what's up guys this is a collab episode of the dnvr rams dnvr buffs podcast i'm justin michael i'm with henry chisholm and we are talking about the rocky mountain showdown it is back long live the rms complicated feelings on this one from both sides i'm sure henry what did what was your initial reaction when you found this out
1: I, I mean, it, it is good. You know, we knew yesterday, like, I, I, so the Buffs were in spring practice still. The Rams fans may not know that. So after, like, the Zoom media call last night, we were told, like, you know, stay pay attention to your email. Something, something big's coming at 11 tomorrow. It's like, okay, sounds good. And so my mind had been kind of wandering. It's like, okay, like, fans at the spring game, like, did they get, like, a Nebraska deal figured out? You know, there were, like, things bobbling around. And to be honest, like, Rocky Mountain Showdown because I had been thinking of like what the big things could have been I was like oh yeah kind of of expected it to happen at some point right like they weren't just gonna not play each other anymore Um, but yeah I think you see it I I think the format makes a lot of sense two years on two years off it's tough when you have three non-conference games because you want to play a variety of different teams you want to play in a bunch of places so that you can show off to like recruits out there all that kind of stuff and you know losing a third of your you know opportunities to schedule games for yourself it sucks um there's obviously huge pros that come with it and I I think that two on two off on campus I'm I'm happy with it I'm very happy with it what do you think?
0: yeah I mean we talked to Joe Parker about it and I'm sure, I mean, he was honest, you know, CSU would obviously like to play every year if that was a possibility. I mean, he even explained ex- basically exactly what you said. and it, it makes it tough when they only have three non-conference, Colorado State has four non-conference games. A little bit more flexibility on their end. Excited to see it return. I mean, I think CSU fans still a little bit frustrated that they lost, you know, the home game this past year, rightfully so. They yeah. have that, um, you know, that opportunity. I will say it's a little bit it's a little bit funny to to think about these games just because they're so far out in advance. Seriously. Like 29, like, 30, 33, 34, 37, 38. Like I saw a thing on on Twitter today The the 2038 game is the m- most far scheduled out game in all of college football right now. 17 really? years, 4 months, 30 days.
1: It's crazy. I
0: know it's one of those things where it's like you know, I can say with
1: probably ninety seven percent confidence that both the quarterbacks who are going to start that game have been born. but what a crazy thing to even be able to think about like the potential that like you have to you have to do the math to be like, yeah there's there's no way that there's like a seventeen year old that's going to be starting no he's he's certainly alive, the quarterback in
0: that game more than likely. I mean, the fact that it's even a possibility is, is <laughs> serious, but I don't know. That's just where we're at. I mean, we kind of asked Joe Parker about it today, and he was like, that's just the direction it's been heading the last couple of years. And apparently, after the pandemic, there seems to be an interest even more so on these ADs ends to just get all of this stuff locked up and finalized it and then, you know, not have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, too. And I think now Colorado, I, I mean, they might not have an opening until... 2029 in their schedule i think for the most part they're all booked up and you know i've i've never been an athletic director before but it seems like knowing that you have games scheduled for eight years would would give you just a little bit of a sense of like confidence knowing that you're going to be able to play all these games you don't have to worry about it panic especially because like i think colorado has done a good job scheduling opponents you know you really just want to play good teams, I think, is is probably just the best strategy. Um, and Colorado's scheduled a lot of good teams. You know, they've got Texas A&M next year. They've got Minnesota next year. Um, Minnesota again the year after that. You know, that NDSU game is, like, terrifying, but Florida's down the way. Northwestern, there's, there's some games that you look forward to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think both of these programs have done a pretty good job of Scheduling desirable games, both from a recruiting perspective, from a fan attendance perspective. You know, you mentioned Minnesota. CSU has recently had a home and home with Minnesota. They recently had a game, you know, at Florida, Alabama. They had a home and home with Arkansas. That was kind of a fluke. Um, Arkansas was supposed to play Notre Dame, I think, and then it it fell through or something like that. So it was kind of like a last-minute patch deal. That won't happen very frequently, but it's just cool to see both of these programs scheduling up. CSU's got Vanderbilt coming to town this year. They're also traveling to Iowa. They've got a 2022 game at Michigan. They've got a Texas game at 2024. So, a lot of really just cool opportunities for for fans of these programs to to travel and be, you know, like road buffs and road rams or whatever. I don't road buffs is a term I know. I don't really <laughs> think there is one for CSU. But I'm going to make it one cuz CSU fans, they do travel well for those games. Yeah. I also think that,
1: you know, I, I hadn't, I've gotten so used to Pac-12 scheduling, like the nine-game conference schedule. And I remember like when I first got this job and first started covering the buffs, I was really confused about why you would do that. First of all, because like everybody else has an eight-game conference schedule and it it works well for them because you have, you know, an even number of home games and road games. Um, one more game means like, I guess across the conference in the Pac-12, that means there's six more losses that are going to be handed out during conference play, which you, you don't really like. That looks bad at the end of the season. Um, but maybe more than I hate the nine-game schedule for those two reasons... Missing out on the fourth non-conference game just sucks. You know, that that variety is so much fun. And it's one of the cool things about college football is that you get to see a bunch of different teams. And obviously, like, the number one cool thing about college football is the rivalries. And you don't want to mess with that side of it. But there is room for more on the Pac-12 side. And, you know, I think that if if the Pac-12 was playing four non-conference games, it'd be a lot easier for Colorado to say, you know what, we're going to want, a, not, not a warm-up game, honestly, kind of a... From CU's perspective, a, a trap game—a game that if you win, nobody's really going to bat an eye nationally, and if you lose, people are going to be saying terrible things about Colorado nationally—and and maybe you could find a way to put that on the schedule, though, if if you had room for just one more every year.
0: It's an interesting thought. I mean, I'd I'd be up for it. I don't. I don't understand the Pac-12's desire to play nine conference games. I'm sure there's a financial component that comes down to like yeah, more TV money because it's not going out of the conference or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it would make more sense. You have opportunities to schedule more games against the Big Ten or schedule more games against the Mountain West. I will say, you know, I'm fully aware that there's there's a lot more to risk. In this series for Colorado than there is for Colorado State, just given the Pac-12 Mountain West dynamic. But if they lose the game one, there's not that many people nationally talking about either of these programs. Anyways, that is fair.
1: That is very fair.
0: <laughs> and two, <laughs> not, not it, sure it's going to like be the lead for Stephen A. Smith and exactly on Monday morning. <laughs> but also, like, it's not like you're losing to a team from. I don't know, like the Mac or something, you know, Ohio or yeah. something like it. it's an in-state rivalry game. People understand mm-hmm. there was a time where this game really was competitive, not so much over the last decade, which has been disappointing just from a viewership perspective. I think both fan bases, I don't know, maybe CU fans would rather just see a curb stomping every year. Personally, I think it was more thrilling when it came down to last second field goals, like five years in a row. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Let's get back to that place. Before we, you know, keep talking about this, keep giving our initial reactions, talk about the rivalry, whether it's good, all that, uh, we should acknowledge our presenting sponsors. Hank, you want to go first and shout out the Colorado XOs? Sure. And this is going to be a fun thing we get to do because we have different presenting sponsors. But
1: uh, for uh, the Buffs listeners, presenting sponsor, the Colorado XOs, um, really cool things happening. What they're doing out there at Infinity Park in Glendale is taking athletes who played other sports. There's like SEC football players who didn't make it in the NFL. There's like basketball players who were that equivalent in baseball and track all sorts of different athletes. And they're teaching them how to play rugby. And they're training at the same facility as the U.S. national teams in Glendale. And the idea is to... Coach them up enough that they can play on the national team. And so far, things are going well. It's their first season. They're 3-1. And, and if you want to follow along, you can do that with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the DNVR Rugby Podcast, or at thedmvr.com.
0: Also, Colorado State fans, check out Colorado Exos because Colton Strickler, who does the Rugby Podcast, CSU alum, shout out our guy. We also want to shout out Chevalier Mortgage. sure you're probably hearing how great mortgage rates are right now. Mike in Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. What separates them is Mike. Mike, he is a certified financial planner, looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're small family-owned company, so you can trust them. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation. Or you can give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. That was fun. It was, it was, a, it was a different way to do things. <laughs> yeah, it, it is
1: weird. Um, I'm curious though, what do you think of all these games being on campus versus in Denver at the neutral site?
0: It's, it's interesting. I think it's probably going to be less hostile just given that you're going to have significantly more, you know, of the home fans versus Mm -hmm. Denver. It's a little bit more split. Um, It's a cool opportunity for fan bases, you know, for alumni to come back and check it out. I think naturally it makes sense, but it's also kind of a bummer because it's just going to make the tickets really, really expensive. I mean, the interest is going to be really high and that's good for Mm -hmm. both of these programs, but. They were, I mean, they were selling like 70,000 tickets these last couple of years yeah. in Denver. It's not like there was there was no interest in it.
1: Yeah, and, and it's not just that they're selling tickets. Like, our, So that was the first game, the first CU game that I covered. And so, you know, you get down there and you're standing by the end zone just like watching warmups and stuff. And then Vaughn Miller walks by. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's cool. And then Bol Bol walks by. And then you've got like all, just all sorts of different Big names in Denver sports. Phillip Lindsay was there. Jackie was, was there. there. Oh, I didn't um, see Monte him. Monte Morris was there. Yep, um, I remember that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it, it just so cool. Night. It's just so cool, and it does draw so much interest holding the game in Denver. And I do think it's probably best to get it back on campus. I think, I think every football game, every college football game, would be better off on campus. That is a take that I. I fully believe in, and even right now when it's a little bit tougher, I'm going to stick with it. But I do think you are missing a lot. I mean, first of all, you you let in 20,000 viewer people. You don't probably have the same tailgating scene. Probably not, just because you don't have the numbers. And And it's such a central location that it's, I don't know.
0: It's I, just I have harder very to mixed- tailgate in Boulder and Fort Collins than it is mm-hmm. outside of the Broncos Stadium. That's not a dig at either spot. Both no. are great college towns, both have great game day atmospheres. But Denver, I mean, with the way that the Broncos Stadium works and the parking lots surrounding it, yeah. it just makes it all really convenient.
1: There's just square miles of pavement for people to drink and grill on. Like, And there's a bunch of cool places to tailgate in Boulder, but it's like you're walking around, turn a corner. It's like, oh, look, there's somebody in this yard or like there's somebody outside the school of what and it's just, it, it's, it's a very easy to kind of just like mass tailgate at an NFL stadium, which isn't a surprise. Um, and there's definitely really cool things you get by having it on campus. Like again, the, the playing the Rocky mountain showdown in front of the Flatirons. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. And again, that's where college football is supposed to be played. And so I do think that like, maybe it was wrong in the first place to put it in the Broncos stadium just because it does just kind of, it's it kind of just mass produces the experience, just makes it available to everybody. And and you lose some of the feeling behind it.
0: That's fair. I mean, there's definitely a lot more casuals going to the game in Denver, you know, versus what it'll be like in the stadium. This will be the people, the, the diehards that really, really care for the most part. Or can and afford some it. like corporate people, yeah, with yep. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there, there will always be an aspect of that. Diehards and rich people. Events. Yeah. Diehards <laughs> and rich people. It's like the people that probably shouldn't be spending their money on it but are going to do it because they care that much. And then the people that just have so much yep. money that they can just go to whatever they want, whenever they Love want. Love that. That must be nice. Someday, Seriously. Hank. Someday, Hank. will be there. Yeah. I, I do think that <sighs> the games are more fun on campus. Like, yeah. When I was growing up, um you know, obviously I watched some of these games, you know, more so than you did. I know that mm-hmm. you loved BVP, and so you did see, a, you know, some yeah, of Yeah, we C- aren't supposed C- to be C- telling people out. that, but yes, yeah, I did. well, guess what? They got to <laughs> know it. Cuz BVP ruled and they're CU players I'll give props out. Shout out Jeremy yep. Bloom. Okay, now we're even. There we <laughs> go. We're even. <laughs> the games in Boulder were really fun. 2004, you know, CU wins 27-24. 2005, C wins 31-28. Those are, those are really great games. One of them ended on a goal-line stand. CSU should have scored. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one's that one will be forever just ingrained in the back of my mind of like, this is what being a CSU fan, it, it's so heartbreaking. And then 2009, CSU wins in Boulder 23-17. So if we're looking historically over the last 20 years, three of the most competitive games of the series have been on campus, so hopefully we get more of that.
1: Yeah, I think that having some off years is going to be big too. I mean, people get fired make it up matter the, more. Exactly, I think people will always be fired up for the Rocky Mountain Showdown. But you know, first of all, I mean, we've got a big break on the way soon. I mean, kind of right now, we're in the midst of one, and then we're going to get another. F- I mean, there's a game in 2024, and not again until t- 2029. And so that 2029 game things are going to be heated. That is going to be a game that, I mean, starting in 2024, people are going to be looking forward to as soon as the final whistle blows. And it's like, we, ha ha losers. We get the trophy for the next five years. That is when that cycle starts up again. And you know, those, those two years off in between, I, I almost wish that it was like three years on. And it was like Boulder, Fort Collins, neutral site, and then a year off, or, or even two years off, something like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I do think that they probably came up with the best plan because in hindsight, like I say that, then I'm like that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't work. You, you do a neutral site, or you don't. And I mean, I feel like that's it, that, whatever I think. I wind up going back to 2029 to 2038. Two years on, two years off. Each team
0: gets a home game. It just, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean. CSU didn't want that that five year gap. Joe Parker did say that. Yeah. Um, sounds like CU has some things in the works. Sounds like CSU is about to announce another home and home as well. Huh. That one will probably be. It's got to be at least five years out because their next four years are already booked up. That's yeah. the one thing about learning all of these games so early. It kind of takes some of the mystery out of it. Like it would be kind of intriguing if every offseason was. Oh, who are they going to schedule? And we got to find out. Like, oh man. They're going to Michigan this year. Like, wow. But also that would make it really hard to plan. And, and this probably logistically makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And the other thing is like, say
1: everybody agreed. That would be the better way to do things. And all the ADs are just like, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll wait until the off season or like during one season to start planning for the next season. Even then, like you have games scheduled through 2038 now. Like you could say, okay, here's what we're doing from here on out. And that's not even like, nobody's even scheduling a game in the next four years because everybody's booked. And then starting with that, maybe there's like one here or there. And it takes 20 years to get to the point where that is the norm. If you decided today that that's what you want to happen.
0: It's just such a weird process. Like (laughs) it is. we know that in 2027, University of Arizona will play a game at Fort Collins. That'll be fun. 2029, CU will come to town. Like that'll be fun. but. I'm going to be really old at that point. (laughs) I'm going to be like 35 (laughs) by the time these games happen.
1: Yeah. I remember I I must've been about seven when the, the news came out that Montana was going to have a game with Oregon and that game just happened uh, the year before last. And if, if anybody missed it, Oregon did win that one. Um, But it was a game that when you're like seven, you're in the stands, everybody's like, guess what? We're going to play Oregon in 15 years. And everybody's excited. And the day comes and you're like, wow, this is uh, the majority of my life. I have been waiting for this football game to happen. And here it is. And now here we are. It's like, okay, Florida, 2029, looking forward to it. Missouri, 2030. That'll be a lot of fun. Just crazy.
0: I'm excited. It's just hard when it's so far out in advance. You know what I mean. Once once it comes around, I'll, I'll get in that mindset. But I mean, even now, we've got a couple <laughs> of years until they play each other again. So, twenty twenty three can't get here soon enough, in my opinion.
1: I don't. Do you have any bold predictions? I feel like we need bold predictions for uh, the twenty thirty eight game, which I believe is on CSU's campus. Like you want to say maybe. <laughs> uh, Maybe there's no more uh, parking lots. Maybe everybody just has like hovercrafts or something that they take everywhere. I don't know. That's probably a
0: terrible prediction. That's not going to happen. You'd still need a place (laughs) to park those. Yeah, yeah, where do you put your hover... You still need a parking lot just to hovercraft. Yeah, because
1: I was thinking like you just like put them up in the sky. Like you just had like...
0: They just float. But then you have to
1: get out still. I guess they could go up by themselves. But yeah, like I don't know. Like what even is the sport of football at that point? Like have we gone back to the triple option? Like... Does it just look like basketball on grass? Like, has there been a 30,000-seat addition at Folsom Field? And have they finally, like, upgraded the the sound system?
0: From a campus perspective, from Mm -hmm. a football perspective, I mean, the game obviously is drastically shifted towards the passing offense. Like you said, we could, who knows, maybe it goes back to a more run-centric game. That seems unlikely just given the physicality that it takes to be like a run heavy football team and and the way that we're kind of leaning with trying to limit contact but true I mean these campuses are going to be significantly different Colorado is going to be way different think about how many people are going to be around I just I think about Fort Collins seven years ago and it's absurd how much has changed and I'm sure the same is true for Boulder I mean it's just funny. It's funny to think about we're scheduling games for kids that are, what, probably two and three years old right now? Yeah. Most of the starters, yeah. And I mean, like, like what is the roughing
1: the pass rule in 2038? Like, what have we tacked on there? Like, is it now like... Can you even you tackle take the, to the ground at that
0: point? Yeah, you It's just now just wrap-up
1: only? Like, I, I think that in, if we're talking 16 years out, 17 years out, that that's definitely on the table.
0: Uh, I don't if that's know That's the case. I would just not want to watch <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah. out.
1: I'm out. I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy that they do this stuff so far in advance, but I feel like in general, good deal. Good deal. Good day. I, I am curious if there's like any, like how do, how do ticket sales work? All that kind of stuff. And I guess it's probably the same as anything else, but I do wonder if there's anything like behind the scenes that's in here that
0: will be interesting. No fine. I mean, one of the big keys for this game for both schools really is there's no financial compensation on either end for them, you know, coming to their stadium. So Mm -hmm, you're saving money there. I mean, that's a big deal, even for a program like CU, who, you know, let's face it, it's you're not raking in the revenue in the Pac 12 that you are in the SEC or the Big Ten. And by 2038, though, by 2038, (laughs) things will have changed, guys. (laughs) Sure. just
1: just you watched that's what people were saying about the basketball teams not 2 months ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man all right yeah. um i want to ask you some questions just about you know this game from CU's perspective we can go into it from CSU's perspective want to hit a break well. first yeah that's what i was going to say we should oh of course shout out our friends i know we're just thinking of we're on each other's minds that sounded we right. are you basketball you teams with your <laughs> We need to do more podcasts together. The, the yeah, audience like are probably it, like, "No, you don't," but that's okay. We'll have to figure
1: something out. Like, I've been trying to think, like, what are like July is fine, I guess. July, you're mostly like getting ready for camp. You can go through all the positions, all that kind of stuff. But June, though, maybe we need to maybe like once a week we preview one of the conferences, or like two fun. days a week and we do swim divisions. I don't know. There, there's got to be something fun we can do because there will not be news in June.
0: Yeah, and there's just too much college football to talk about to only, you know, focus on these. Obviously, we're gonna talk so much CSU and CU that you know, tell people are blue in the face. But oh yeah, there's plenty to talk about. We're college football fans, aficionados, if you will. The other thing we are though, we are sports betting fans and basketball teams. They're entering the final month of the regular season. They gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locked to make the playoffs, hopefully the Nuggets still. I don't know, man. I feel just heartbroken today. Um, It's a bad day. I don't want to bring it down, but it's a sad day in Nuggets Nation. Shout out Jamal Murray. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. They're putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100. All you got to do, pick one team. If they hit a three, you get $100 in free bets. Hank, this might be the easiest way to get $100 I've ever heard.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I can't think of an easier $100. When was the last
0: time a team, an entire team didn't hit a three? I don't even know. Especially because we're
1: like, we're not talking about college basketball. Like crazy no, things happen the in the college NBA. Basketball. Yeah. Like, and, and even there, you would be very happy taking this bet and it would hit. But in NBA basketball for a team to not make a three pointer. I mean, I doubt that's happened in two seasons. Three seasons? Two seasons?
0: I like it. You gave yourself, it's, it's confident enough, but not so far out there where we're really screwing ourselves. It's probably like already happened this year or something dumb like probably. that.
1: But, not the Nuggets who have Jamal,
0: it might happen to them. Not to get back onto that though. <laughs> R.I.P. in pieces. Yeah. Um, anyways, teams are hitting threes at an unprecedented rate. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this killer offer ends. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. The team of your choosing hits a three. That's the code DNVR to turn $1 into $100. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. That was fun stuff. Also...
1: Yeah, um Let's see. Time and time again, the one thing that has protected people against economic downturns is an education that allowed them to adapt into varying careers. So go and build your toolbox at MSU Denver Online. Uh, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our very own staff members at DMBR took MSU Denver online classes last summer. They said that the professors, professors were extremely engaged, extremely responsive to any emails or questions or any of that kind of stuff. Um, also, they generally work in the same field that you're taking your class in. And uh, it's it's an opportunity to network with them. Um, they said that the content in the courses is very relatable. There's no bullshit fodder was the quote, which is, uh, I, I take his word for it. Uh, so definitely check that stuff out. MSU Denver Online, they've been doing online schooling for a while, and they've really uh, figured out what works and what doesn't. Uh, you can check out the 40-plus online and hybrid p- programs that can get you a degree, the 700-plus online and hybrid courses that they offer at
0: com slash online. Love it. Finally, the farmhouse is open, socially distanced. We love Breck Brews over here at DNVR. We know that you do too. If you're more comfortable at home, that's okay. You can still order a curbside pickup from 12 to 8 p.m. Just use the code DNVR to save five bucks off of your order. You can also get Breck anywhere near you, liquor stores, grocery stores, King Super, Safeway, Costco, Walmart, you name it, Breck will be there. Just hop on the Breck beer locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store slash grocery store near you. It's just so convenient to find Breck brews. Honestly, at this point, it'd be easier to like, it'd be harder to find a liquor store that doesn't have Breckenridge beers than it would be to find one. You know, you, you guys get what I'm saying here. I'm getting tongue tied. They're freaking everywhere. (laughs) They are everywhere. Avalanche (laughs) beer. Shout out to Strawberry Sky. That's my favorite summer beer. I also love Mountain Beach. Hank, what's your favorite Breck beer? Uh, It's also the Strawberry Sky.
1: Um, And uh, since you took that though, I will give a shout out to the seltzers. Very very good seltzers. And you know the the difference between like a three hundred calorie beer and a hundred calorie seltzer you know, it's not that much. I mean, it's about 200 calories, but the difference so between like over time. five, yes, that's the thing. You have like five 300 calorie beers versus five seltzers. All of a sudden that's a thousand calorie difference. And so to me, like not that I'm like the most healthy person. I ate Popeye's yesterday and the day before, but I feel like that's just more reason to be like, ah, eh, if, if there's a way I could just kind of cut the corner right here, this is this is a, a happy substitution, especially in the summer.
0: Yeah, it's swimsuit season, guys. You gotta, true. You gotta think about the gut a little bit. I know that I do. I need to get back in the gym. I need. It's been a, it's been a long year for my physique.
1: Yes, me too. It's, it's my body is changing. Like, uh, like <laughs> I feel like I started going to the gym just out of like pure boredom during the pandemic, and like there are only two or three things that I go up there. I'm like, I'm I'm willing to do that. Like anything where it's like, I'm not going to go grab something and squat. I'm not going to like, there's these things you have to like whip over your head and like pull down and all that kind of stuff. And there's like two or three things. But what I found is that like basically my pecs have grown. Nothing else has because I'm like, those are the easiest exercises and the ones that I am willing to do.
0: You just got to find what works for you. I'm a, I'm a bike guy, not a treadmill guy.
1: Yeah. Me too. Treadmill. Oh, I can't, honestly, I haven't been on a treadmill in forever, but the thought of a treadmill just like hurts my joints, like hurts my knees. Like it just feels like jumping or I guess running on that would just be brutal.
0: I mean, it's better than concrete, but I used to run, but I hated every second of it. I've never been one of those guys that's, Oh, I love running. No, it's just running's good for you. And I wanted to look good, but at what cost? I I really At like what walking. cost. Ooh, yes, but I, I do
1: think uh, walking is nice because I like going walking out and like nice. seeing things and being in the sun, and that's why I thought I might like running because it's basically the same. It just uh, you put your head in that space where it's just like this is not fun and kind of hurts. Like nothing, nothing is enjoyable about that.
0: What um. What was the response from from CU fans online when, when the series was announced?
1: So, it's it's kind of an interesting one. Um, because, actually, I think, I think uh, our own Ryan Konigsberg really encapsulated what most Buffs fans were saying. Um, which was... Um, oh, wow. He's tweeted a lot recently, it turns out. Um, still scrolling. There we go. He said, hi, my name is Ryan and I like the Rocky Mountains showdown. Sue me. And I feel like that was a, that generally sums up how people are feeling because it's like, it's a happiness and, and they're glad that the deal got done and they're going to get the Rocky Mountain showdown. But there's also this belief that everybody else is going to hate it. And so they have to like hedge against that and feel like it's, it's different to to like it, it's it's a it's a weird vibe that's going on right now. But it's there. There are definitely some people who are like, why why are we wasting our time? Blah blah blah, and they're wrong, and they're a small minority. Um, but for
0: the most part, it's people like defending
1: why they're happy.
0: I just think it's good for the interest in college football as a whole in the state. Which, let's be real, it's it's always going to play second fiddle to the Broncos. So anytime you have a a game that generates this much interest. Yep, that's good for both programs. I'm not saying that you know CU couldn't go out and get a game against a bigger school. Obviously, you have got the Texas A&M game coming up, but you know if they get their ass kicked by A&M and Denver, I kind of have a feeling that the tune's going to change with some of these guys. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not that bad to schedule CSU. I just think it's good for interest as a whole. CSU fans are obviously excited. I get. I get all the qualms from Buffs fans and all that. I'm not trying to be unfair about the process, but it's not like, you know, some of these games that they've added in place of CSU aren't that exciting. I mean, Air Force, and that's equally and arguably and probably a bigger trap game. I was going to say it's equal to CSU, but probably even tougher given the weirdness of their offense.
1: At the very least, they force you to spend a week practicing to defend the Air Force, which. Or not the Air Force, the the triple option, um, which uh, just does not translate to any other week of the season. You know, if if you schedule like an air raid team, you're like, oh, we might not see the air raid again. But there are a lot of teams that have like air raid concepts. Some of this will apply. You know, maybe like the emphasis on filling your gaps and that kind of stuff will help. But when you have to game plan for Air Force, that knowledge just does not add to everything else you've learned throughout the season.
0: It's just so unique. I mean, we see it in the Mountain West. Teams play them every year, and they just can't stop it. They, they can't stop it because you have to no. dedicate too much time to it. It's too weird. Do you think there'll ever be a day where we see a major program shift back to that style of offense, or is it, is it, the emphasis of recruiting NFL guys so high now that you wouldn't be able to do that because NFL guys aren't going to want to come play in that system. It's, it's really tough to say is the answer um, in terms
1: of like getting back to like the wishbone, like flexbone, like true triple option stuff. I would say no. And, and for a bunch of different reasons, but the one that you brought up is probably the biggest, you know, you need I mean, you could find the fullback. You could find somebody who who wants to carry the ball and is like close to 300 pounds and he'll just run forward on that first read on the option. Finding people who want to be those wingbacks, I feel like that gets tougher because you don't show much. Like you show that you're fast getting around the edge, but you know, when NFL scouts come looking, They want to see somebody who has the ability to like make good reads running between the tackles. And you just become put in a box, which is like the whole structure of the offense is that everybody has one thing that they do and they find whoever is the best at that one thing. You know, receivers, they just have to block. You want big guys who can block and if they can go up and catch a jump ball too, then that helps. And just because of all that and you have the cut blocking up front, like it's just not conducive to the NFL. But I do think that... You can win you with it, at, maybe
0: though. What like, was I, that? I complete I completely agree with everything that you just said. Mm-hmm. But if you could get just a couple of talented guys to buy That's in all take. at like an SEC type program, like oh. you could probably win. If I was a program like Vanderbilt, for instance, mm-hmm. why the hell not? You're not gonna out you're not gonna out recruit, you know, Alabama or Georgia or Florida or any of these programs at their own game, anyways. Get weird with it.
1: I agree. I agree. And I think that low end power five schools are where you would be looking the most. But what I will say is that like, when you look at what Oklahoma's offense does, maybe a third of their plays, if you wanted to, you could find a way to call it the triple option. Like it'd be a weird sort of triple option where it starts with like, like if it's an RPO, then it's like the run, the pass, and then you got the throw. But because of the way they simplify those reads, and all the misdirection they use and that sort of thing. I think that there's a lot of triple option concepts. I think when you look at the NFL too, you look at like obviously the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, they have a bunch of that stuff, but even even like the Chiefs, they run a bunch of things that they aren't lined up in traditional triple option. It might be Tyreek Hill running a little like loop around Patrick Mahomes in the backfield. And all of a sudden you've got the handoff, you've got the toss to him and you know, You see a lot of these triple option concepts. I feel like that are popping up everywhere. And maybe somebody just goes all in with those, and it would be more run heavy. But it's not going to be out of like the wishbone or anything like that.
0: Well, I don't even think you would want to do that against. I mean, even it it might fool you know some of these SEC defenses Mm -hmm. for like a week or two. But if you went straight wishbone, you know, sixty snaps a game, they'd just stack the box against you, and eventually they'd start clogging those gaps and. And shut you yeah. down a little bit, but I don't know. It was just an interesting little little thought we had there. That was kind of a tangent, not really on topic. That wasn't, um, was it? We have that's too bad. <laughs> any more thoughts on the on the Rocky Mountain Showdown? Um, I'm just excited to have it back. I mean, I think it's fun. Like I said, it's good for interest in the state. I don't think traditionally either one of these programs are gonna find a game that's that much more enticing, at least on a regular basis. There will be years, you know, where you play a Texas or you play a Texas A&M or a Florida or something like that. I don't know if it's going to be a year in year out basis. I don't even know if you want that because it's really hard to win those types of games. Mm -hmm. And at some point it's like, you kind of just want to sprinkle them in and, and have a little bit of, you know, Oh, you know, maybe we have a shot in here, but really it'll just be an opportunity for the fans to travel. And some years you just want to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I,
1: I don't really have much that I haven't said to this point. So I'll just say again I think that two years on, two years off is the best way to do it. I think it keeps those rivalries alive. I think that having them in back to back years, you know, it's like Colorado just played the back to back years against Nebraska, and you win the first, and all of a sudden, all of the shit talk that everybody had for the first game, it doubles going the second because Nebraska is like, oh, they think they're going to do this twice. Well, da, 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 da. and and because you have those next to each other and you have the gaps, I, I think that the rivalry can get pretty intense. And again, it gives you opportunity to schedule games, which is something that you just need to have in the Pac-12. And who knows which games they'd have to drop to add more, but. When you're when you're Colorado, whether outsiders think that this is the right approach or not, you know they think that they're building something special. They think that they're a, a year in and things are going really well under Carl Durrell and they want to get as many opportunities to make a name for themselves as possible. And whether Carl is there or not in twenty thirty five, if you can throw one more game against a team that is in the top twenty five in there, because and, I mean, because that's really how all this works is like, yeah, you play Florida in 2029, hopefully they're good then. Hopefully they haven't just totally fallen off a cliff. Like, I feel like you're just looking for lottery tickets, opportunities to get big wins that get you attention.
0: It's true. I mean, so much can change. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's like CSU going to to Texas Tech and in Arizona like eight years from now. Those could be against top 25 teams, those could also be very winnable power five chances for the Rams. It's just, it's tough to see. Either way, it's good for exposure. Um, But ultimately, I'm just happy that this rivalry sticks around because I'm I'm here for anything that makes more people tune into college football in this state. And I think ultimately, that's what the Rocky Mountain Showdown does. Hank, thanks for hopping on and joining me. Buffs fans, I hope you didn't, you know, hate every second of listening. I I think we had a pretty balanced approach. Yeah. We didn't make this about trash talking. Yeah.
1: So the national attention, that's all great. That's what it's about. You try to go win those games to get that. Local attention is the backbone though. And that's what you do by playing Colorado State. That is your backbone. That is how you don't have, you know, UCLA's problem where they can't get people to go to the Rose Bowl.
0: Nobody cares.
1: Could you imagine? Like that is worst case scenario. That is like the death of a program is if you can't get the people in your state to go to your games, to watch your games, to buy your gear. And that is why this is so important. And, you know, just because I was talking about the importance of the other games, this one is arguably more important than the other games. It's just that there are so many other games, so it kind of balances out differently.
0: No, and I think I think that's well said because at the end of the day, yes, you want to have those big opportunity games against premier programs, but neither one of these programs, CSU or CU, are in a place, at least consistently, where they're having enough success where they can, you know, be like, no, we need these elite games and only elite games. Ultimately, we need both of these programs to get back to their winning ways. And then, you know, that's how we get back to these games really mattering. Hopefully both being in the top 25, all that crap. Anyways, that's all I have to say on the subject matter. I'm excited that it's back. Henry's excited that it's back. We've got um, all kinds of content coming up. Make sure you're checking out the Rams pod and the Buffs pod every single day. We've got draft pods galore coming up with the NFL draft. We're never going to sleep, dude.
1: No, I don't anymore. Not during camp. Sleep is for May and June and the
0: kind of July, but then definitely not August. Definitely not August. (laughs) Um, Anyways, (laughs) we're excited for sports to be back. I'm just excited to have real football fans in the stands. That's what college football is all about. You know, the the community aspect and the marching bands and the trash talking and tailgating I don't know, getting too drunk with your classmates and all that stuff. Anyways, I'm rambling now. Have a good, <laughs> have a good rest of your day, night, whenever you listen to this podcast. Peace.